In another in another multiverse, we had started fifteen minutes ago. Yeah, another multiverse <laughs> where Matt was not worried about getting his gift card. <laughs> hey everybody! Uh, hey everybody! Welcome back to the Wages of Cinema. Uh, that we you shouldn't have to hear about our actual wages that were connected with this movie. Instead, we're going to talk about the movie we, we just watched. We did not get paid to see this movie. They're just yes. No, there just happened to be like a like little survey that was handed out with the movie. What and... little remains of our integrity is still intact. <laughs> now, we're getting retroactively paid, damn it. Yes. But, you know, to start off with... Though, but we're here to discuss a little bit with uh, a little post-movie discussion on everything, everywhere, all at once. And uh, talking about this tonight, I'm Jack. Uh, oh. I am Trash Panda Corey. I'm Andrew, the best co-host. What <laughs> <laughs> you? Oh. <laughs> and I'm it, Matt, who doesn't remember what his guest star name is. Guest star Matt. <laughs> or Death Star Matt. Sometimes. Wasn't there another one that you guys figured out one time while I wasn't around? I don't remember. I don't remember. In another, in sure another multiverse, was... we... Can't, in another multiverse, you're hosting the podcast, and you've killed us all. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so I think that could lead into us talking about this film that we saw tonight, um, starring Michelle Yeoh, and, um, hey, what's the name again? James Hong. <laughs> James Hong, well, James Hong, and uh, Stephanie Su, and Hey Hui Huan. One and uh, wow, yeah, this, this is <laughs> you, you say. Some people say that every movie should show you something you've never seen before. Yeah, I saw perhaps 50 things I had never seen before in this movie. I mean, I had seen certain things that I in other things, but never in such a package like this where. The aim is to just be so completely entertaining and innovative and challenge your expectations of what you can expect from a movie. And yeah, I, I'm in love with this thing. It's incredible. It's amazing. It is so good. It's It also does a masterful job of balancing tones. It Parts of it are really funny. Parts of it are really touching. It's incredibly creative. It's it got a you, lot of action. Yeah, yes. it hits you in the feels. You'll laugh. You'll cry. You'll be delighted. It is so good. I cannot recommend it highly enough. I love this movie. Good night, everybody. <laughs> All right. <laughs> no, we haven't even met. Yeah, think? basically, no complaints. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, no, but I... Let, look, can I say something? Please. About uh, something we encountered at the end of this movie. Okay. Uh, we were sitting in our in our seats uh, watching the credits, and a guy walked behind us and said, that was the worst thing I ever saw. <laughs> and I was thinking about that guy. Is like, what the hell could you have possibly seen that was... So much better. Than, it's almost impossible to think of something like that. This was an incredible experience. Yeah, and 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 by the way, like you're, why would you? Did you go to see this movie without seeing the trailer? You had no expectations about like 
what this was going to be. Maybe he's a guy who chooses his movie by, like, rolling a die. <laughs> I can't speak for this guy. I, he's entitled to his opinion. But I, but I, he could not have been more wrong. <laughs> I would be curious to, like, interrogate him as to, like, what his reasoning is to, like, say, because what did this movie, what did this movie not give that guy? Because th- this has, by design of how it's, you know, many s- threads are going, even though ultimately the, it's, when you boil it down, it's a really kind of an intimate character study that just happens to have like a massively intricate plot line. <laughs> I don't know how else to describe it, but it's like ultimately, like for all of the visual pyrotechnics and all of the martial arts choreography and all of the things that kind of go into X rated territory and practically writing, at times. Yeah. Um, the point is existential jokes. It's ultimately about like a mother and a daughter. Yeah, sometimes a husband and a father. And that too, yeah. <laughs> um, a family story. Yeah, and the fate of the universe. Yes. And the real villain was intergenerational trauma all along. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm gonna say another thing. Yes. Uh, if it, this this like uh. This year in movies, like, you know, I've seen Encanto, I've seen Turning Red, and I've seen this movie. Like, people who are listening to this, for God's sake, be nice to your children. <laughs> Please. Yeah, now, now I, I there's so much writing on this now. If this year has taught us anything in movies, it's just like, parents, lighten up, please. Yeah. For the sake of the future of humanity and the multiverse. Well, well par- be nice. Well, parents, well, also even, and kids, too. You can be nice to your parents as well. It well, sure, works. But, it but cuts it, both ways. The, the onus is falling mostly on the on the parents this year. Well, it's funny. I didn't see Encanto, but I did think of Turning Red, and I, right right before I saw the movie, someone had pointed out that like this is almost like Turning Red, but if it was like a little more reversed, where that was a little more, like more from the the daughter's point of view, and this is I guess you could from the mother's right, but. I mean, I thought of that and and the yeah intergenerational trauma and just you know how you know one one set one generation kind of screws up the next and then screws up the next. But I also thought of uh, the Matrix. Oh, I thought of the Matrix a ton. And and not only that, I also thought about and I told Corey that I even lean. I don't usually do this, but I leaned over and whispered to her, and I thought about Matrix Resurrections. I haven't Which, seen it. Hot garbage. The movie is hot garbage. <laughs> well, we we kind of went on at length about that in another episode. Had you seen that? I Matt? did. Yeah. Yeah. What I didn't ask you. What did you think of it? I thought that it was, at least had a better sense of humor than the other unnecessary sequels. <laughs> also unnecessary in itself, but at least it was like more fun. Yeah, I mean, there was a bit. Well, it, it's funny though because when I was thinking about. What that movie was trying to do, like this, um, this everything everywhere movie, almost gave me what I really wanted out of like a Matrix Four or a Matrix yeah. sequel, yeah. where and emotional content, <laughs> emotional content, a sense of like self awareness, re- self aware, cinematic innovation, like 
the thing that was really thrilling when you first watch The Matrix is you're seeing like the world presented back to you in a way that you haven't gotten it before and you know through kind of questioning what your role is in the world and the and even in the universe and you know and there also what kind of forces might be kind of controlling you and if you can try to fight back against that and you know also the role of love yes. and and it man and and yet everything that i was seeing that they were like I don't know, like, Lana, Lana Wachowski, whether she was, you know, kind of forced into just making another sequel or she really had something she wanted to say. I feel like this movie was kind of accomplishing a lot of what I wanted out of that yeah. experience. I will say that technically this movie is better than The Matrix. I mean, any Matrix film. Where, even, even the first one. Where this film, as complicated as it seems, it lays out its rules very... Uh, what is the word? Like, it, you understand the rules of this world quite quickly. And, and, and you don't have a lot of questions about certain things. Like, The Matrix, the more you think about it, the more it doesn't really make a lot of sense. Well, it also comes down to, like, both this this movie and The Matrix, they deal in, like, metaphor as well. Sure. There's a lot of metaphor. I was thinking about how much this film is, like, slathered in metaphor. Like a, like a roast duckling or something. Sure. But it's a, like this one really presented so much stuff and it was so dense and it still delivered everything else. It delivered the comedy and the action and the drama yeah. all super well with a lot of really compelling characters and a lot of great performances. Yes. It's, uh, it, it, I, no, I'm not going to say that word. But, uh, <laughs> But thinking about it now, it's like, it's incredible how much this film did. Yeah. You know what film it also reminded me uh, of a little bit? What? Is that a yes or... No, no, no. <laughs> yes. No. Oh, sorry. <laughs> uh, Scott Pilgrim, a little bit. Did you... When we were walking out to the car, I said to Matt, did you think of the part where they mentioned, like, Scott Pilgrim uses the power of love? <laughs> <laughs> so that's what it, it's, it's, it's that sort of action movie where you know the the martial arts and the fighting take a backseat to the emotional core of the film. Yeah, where it's like in, in the end, the action gets you to the climax where you have to confront you know your own character and you have to change as a person. Uh, you know something that was a bit you know a bit lacking in the Matrix, although it's a little bit of a different film. Uh, but it's just like that was what Scott Pilgrim was too. Yeah. About just like, hey, you've learned to be a better human being. I liked this movie even better than the first Matrix too, which I still think holds up. Yeah, and it's a really excellent movie. We're not here to dump on the Matrix. Basically, yeah. this movie had the kind of cool element of the Matrix and the innovation. Plus, it actually had a heart, which the yeah. Matrix movies don't really. And one thing I also really liked about this movie is we have so many movies about falling in love but i feel like there are almost no movies about staying in love about what uh. it takes to maintain a long-running marriage and i really loved that this movie was not about that first attraction it was about okay what does it mean to have spent 30 years with someone and what do you have to do to keep the relationship going after you've accumulated 
generations of like stress and drama. So I really like that we got a movie about keeping a long running marriage mm. alive, which is not something I feel like we deal with in movies yeah. a lot. Yeah. Without uh, resorting to murder. <laughs> now I know we have we've gone like almost like over ten minutes. We haven't even really said what the movie's about. It like. doesn't matter. <laughs> no, this is like the most innovative multiverse movie since the first Lego movie. Ah, and, I didn't think about the Lego movie. Yeah, it's a good comparison too. And, um, it's very whimsical in the same way that the Lego movie was as well. And also on top of that, there's a lot of surrealism and existentialism, which makes me think of the TV show Legion. Oh, yeah. Legion is a good one. And even to the point where you also, it, like in Legion, you also kind of wonder, like, how much of this is sort of, like, in her head versus, you know, or is there, like, you know, obviously a lot of it probably is in her head, but, like, how much of it is really unfolding as, like, a big science fiction spectacle? Oh, no, I took it all straight forward. This is all really happening. <laughs> Why would you get... Yeah. No, no, but for, like, the first, like... I'm not saying throughout it, but, like, for the first, like, 20 minutes or so, you might... Like, I almost thought, like, are they going to go in that direction? They obviously didn't, but... No cop-outs here, thankfully. No, no. And, like, so basically, like, what you're getting in this movie, it's, like, Michelle Yeoh and, um, and, you know, she, she runs a, like, a, a kind of fledgling laundromat. Her, you know, she has a, a husband, she has a daughter, and also a father. Um, it's very, you know, it, it sets up right away very well that she's kind of running a very, like, hectic kind of life and business you know, it, it literally, it sets up so perfectly in the first scene how she's really trying to do, like, ten things at once. Yeah. Like, as we do in life. And then, you know, she has to try to go to the IRS and sort out business things, and it's one And that's when things get weird. Because yeah. Amy Lee Curtis is there. You know, <laughs> for all of the weird stuff that happens in this film, it's really easy to forget that it all takes place in one day in one building. Uh, well, I, two buildings. Yeah. Okay. Well, maybe over the course of two days. No. Nah, oh wait, wait. Not. Are they going to the IRS the same day, or I thought it was the next day? I think it's the same day. Okay. Well, one day, and then like an epilogue, like a week later. But yeah, you're right. And but it's but the thing that makes it also, I think work is that it's it's dealing with something that's very real that you know you couldn't this might not all work if you're not dealing with you don't have a baseline of some kind of reality where you know people have to go to the irs and deal with audit crap and mm. you know and deal with you know and, and sometimes maybe they you know are put having to put up with someone who's like look at all these awards you know i'm the best auditor or you know, or they're have they do have some things that they need to sort out that they're doing. But like my point is, is that from this, like you can then leap off into the surreal and the existential and the fantastical, and it, you know, it, it, it and in that way, it's I don't know if I'm I don't know if I'm explaining it right, but. It's yes. like that's why I think it, it, it's set, if it if the opening in a weird way the opening 
is one is one of the most important parts of the movie because if you don't get immediately brought into this world, then the rest of the movie might not work so well. Sure. And uh, yeah. Well, what you were saying, Andrew, about how wild it is that we're tripping all over the multiverse, but yet in some ways it's set in two buildings in one day. I think that's another dimension of what we were talking about, how this movie's incredibly epic, yet intimate at the same time. So Even in the different universes, you can kind of sketch out what the scenario is that she's going through. Yeah. Where it's like, how did it start? How did it become this way? What is the essential story or outcome of this mm. situation? And it's, uh, you know, props to the filmmakers for keeping all of that stuff in line. Yeah. It's a, it's almost a sprawling film if it weren't so tidily taken care of. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot. There's how they explain also the the whole multiverse concept. It, it, it's it's the kind of thing that could easily get bogged down, which, you know, is always a tricky thing. That's why I think the Matrix holds up in, in the way it does, because when they're explaining the, inf- you know, the world, you, you know, you still find it interesting. Sure. But, you know, so I'm I'm really excited, like almost even for the next time I'm going to watch this movie, because now I've now that I've had it explained to me. I mean, I can get explained again and sure. kind of enjoy that part of the movie, but then also I can then just enjoy, since I've been surprised, I can now can be like, how did they do this? How did they pull this off? How did the, you know, how, how did they get the, spo- uh, minor spoiler, how did they get the hot dogs? Yeah. <laughs> the hot dog fingers are in the trailer, so I don't think they can. No, 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 but, no but, but they're like, in a lot more than see... movie. You aren't prepared for the hot dog plot line. <laughs> <laughs> there is a hot dog hand finger plot line here. Exactly. Um, it would be tedious to explain it. Go see the movie to find out what we're talking about. So good. It will be worth yeah. it. Yeah. I want to talk for a second about um, the cast. Because I think they're a big part also of why I love this movie too. Because, you know, Michelle Go, she's, you know... Good. V- excellent and it's it's the kind of role that you know i'm sure any actor would love to get but she you know she it feels like a role she's been building for to like in a lot of her career where she just she gets to be you know extremely strong but she's also at times a deeply bit like flawed deeply flawed and you know very you know she she plays a mother who's not very good always to hurt to the people in her family. Again, uh, be lot. nice to your children. Yes, to be nice to your children, be nice to your husband, be nice to your be nice to your girlfriend's, you know, new uh, paramour. You, <laughs> you know, mean your daughter? The, what did I just say? You said the girlfriend's new paramour. Oh, oh, oh! That's but a be nice. The mother should be nice. Be nice to your daughter's new. You know what I mean? <laughs> My point is. She, Michelle Yeoh, is dealing with such a complex person, and yet she's bringing you through the movie in such a way that it, you know, you're you're having to find out about this universe through her while she's also discovering, like, oh, wait, I'm connected with all these other Evelyns. Yes. You know, that's her name in it. And, you know, and learning about how all these, how all these other Evelyns some of them have failed, 
Some of them, you know, they're leading much more successful lives than she is. I noticed you laughing heartily, Matt, when they spliced actual, like, paparazzi, like, footage of Michelle Yeoh at, like, real award shows into the movie. Yeah. Yeah, and that was another point where it felt like meta, but in a very clever way. Um... I also love, uh, um, again, the uh, K. Hui Kwan, who, you know, he actually hasn't really been in a lot of movies in a while. Like, people in the 80s would know him from Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom and uh, the Goonies, um, you know, where he was a child actor. Here, he's also incredible. Yeah. And, like, so he much... He's an of, indispensable part of this movie. It's indispensable. I mean, he's... In some ways, he's explaining, you know, he has to explain so much of the plot. He's giving exposition left and right, but he gets to be constantly emotional. And the way that I love how in a lot of scenes, he like has to change on a dime. Like he'll be trying to, you know, talk with the, you know, Jamie Lee Curtis, the IRS auditor. But then in the next second, he'll be like, come with me to this other room. You have to do this, Evelyn. You know, and he's you believe him so well in that moment too. Like mm. it's how he switches is just like so, so good. He's exposition and he's comic relief and he's a badass and he's also a romantic lead. He yeah. does it all so well. Yeah. It's like everyone, like the main cast gets to do it all in this movie. And that's, you know, it's such a gift to these actors when sometimes like, they, you know, you, you, some actors are just lucky to get, you know, a few lines and, you know, do whatever. But, you know, she, you know, Michelle Yeoh and her daughter, uh, Stephanie uh, Sue, plays uh, Joy, who also has another name in it. And we'll yeah. maybe get to that later. Um, and, of course, James, uh, James Hong. James Hong, yeah. Yeah, James Hong, who we were talking about this a little bit before we got on, air, on mic. What a career he's had. Oh, yeah. He, he, you know, it's, uh, like, I don't know what his, like, biggest role is. I guess, like, if you were to ask people on the street and show them a picture of the guy, they would say, oh, the, the guy from the Chinese food restaurant episode of Seinfeld? Yeah. But it's also, like, he's been in all, in so many things, and yeah. he's, he's great in this, too. Yeah. my, my the, It's weird I should have thought of that. I flashed to uh, Big Trouble in Little China. Oh, that, too. And uh, also, I, I love him in uh, Wayne's World 2. He has a great uh, scene where he's Cassandra's dad. I don't even know that one. No, but there's... If you ever watch that, there's basically... Uh, like Wayne has to meet uh, his, his girlfriend Cassandra's dad, and it's James Hong, and they have like a f- a, a fight scene that is amazing because <laughs> they're bo- they both get they both get dubbed. <laughs> <laughs> um, and he's like, and what's great about him too is that at first you think his role is just going to be more of like the kind of mild mannered, you know, befuddled old you know, craggly grandfather, but then half a little bit before halfway through the movie, he gets to become a bad, like, I don't know if I almost call him like a villain of the movie. I think he's an antagonist. I think in any form of, uh, in this, he's like, he's some sort of villain. Yeah. Yeah. He, he, he's the form of paternal, uh, you know, uh, rage. Be nice to your children. 
Yes, be nice to your children. Yeah, basically, like, the main message, ultimately, at the end of this is, like, I thought also about the, you know, Patton Oswalt's late wife had this uh, freight mantra that I have kind of ascribed to as well in life, which is chaos or be kind. No, you said it wrong. Isn't it chaos <laughs> or be kind? No? It's chaos, be kind. Kind or be chaos. Kind or be chaos. I'm the, uh, Damn it. <laughs> Don't worry, we'll cut that out of the podcast. <laughs> I'll leave it in. Um, but, but I feel like, but you know I mean, chaos, be kind, that's a lot of what's in this movie too. Is huh. this idea of yeah. like, you can be someone who is just a total mess, or you can, or even... You know, even violence, or you could act out in your, you know, in in the world, like trying to get vengeance and being, you know, slapping people down, or you can try to give people a hug and find and fix what's wrong with them. You can be Bill Murray in Groundhog Day, ah, living, living over and over again, the that, different lives. Oh, that's a good, that's a good comparison. This movie is not like Groundhog Day, but they share similar themes. Hmm. And at one point, there's a uh, uh, a particular animal that <laughs> has like a, a very key part. Let's uh, let me go into that point too. A lot of uh, de- a lot of pretty good references to uh, to classic film. Mm. Yes, Stanley and- <laughs> Kubrick, <laughs> the works of Pixar, and mm. uh, and just classic kung fu movies. Yeah, and I really. I'm actually not a huge, like, action person generally, but the action in this movie is incredible. And I like how unique it is, and I also like the ways at some point they undercut, like, traditional action beats. Mm-hmm. So, if you even if you're someone who, like me, is not, like, super into, like, boring, generic action crap, go see this movie. Do not be dissuaded. Like, don't think, oh, I don't like action. No, the action in this movie is incredible. And the action actually, it's not just filler. It's not just for aesthetics. The action is actually kind of like key to the themes of the movie. Well, well it's kind of like, again, back to Scott Pilgrim. It gets to kind of have its cake and eat it too, where it gets to being very stylish, but you're into the action because it's about, characters that you really care about in the moment can we go into spoilers because there's something i want to say about the movie that is i think is kind of spoilery okay the moment because i need to say that this picture was great and i think it deserves all the awards this year even though it's only march and (laughs) i'm really disappointed when award season comes around next year and it gets snubbed because it's kind of got that feel to it that's going to be genius but nobody's going to appreciate it properly in the Academy or the because it came out too early. It Although too early, yeah. it is April now. Oh, it's April. Oh, yes, right. <laughs> oh, thank God, it's <laughs> saved. Yes, I know exactly what you mean. Though this movie was not released at the right time to get like awards attention, and it's not the kind of movie that like award shows go for. Yeah. But it's got too good of a sense of humor. Yes. Well, it's got. <laughs> well, it's not even that. I mean, it's the sense of humor, but it's also at times like very raucous and like you know it, it gets a little raunchy in a, in a few key parts and i don't know if that always like the the awards people go for that um if they can look past that then you know this has like 
some of the best performances I've seen in years. The point is, Matt, start your Oscars campaign now. Yeah. Be like David Lynch and get, like, a cow and, like, a big banner and be, like, on the side of the road for Michelle Yeoh. All right, so we're in spoilers? Spoilers. Spoilers. All right. Oh, my God, the scene where there are rocks. Incredible. <laughs> yes. You do see a rock briefly in the trailer, but it's very perplexing why a rock is there Again, at all. you're not ready for the rock plot line. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't even know if I call it a plot line, but it's it's more. I guess it's a thread. It is a different universe which has its own self-contained narrative. Yeah, one eh. rock chases another rock. Uh, well, it's really more like two rocks are kind of just sitting like together and having a. Uh... It's a rock dialogue. Yeah, it's a rock. It's a oh, I love that scene so much too because it's just like it. It it's. It's like a... It's one static shot with, like, sometimes close-ups of different rocks. Yeah. And it is... And the and the dialogue is written up on screen. Yeah. You get, you know, sub... You know, you get text back and forth. And it's, you know, very funny, but it's also very... It, it gets to the heart of what's between, it's you know... It's uh, dialogue. <laughs> yeah, it's getting it to is. the heart between Evelyn and Joy. It's not a throwaway at No, all. no, absolutely not. And it even... It, it's, it, it feels like it's... You know, again, and the, the, the setup is very clear because they, they make... You know, she Joy tells that, like, this is, like, what a lot of the universes are. There's really nothing there, but it's kind of nice. Yeah. You know, it's like, this is what nothingness is, where there aren't any humans, we're just, you know, lifeless shapes, but we're still, you know, full of consciousness and heart, and it's yeah. an incredible scene. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's like, uh, it's like something out of Douglas Adams or something. And we also mentioned the Hot Dog Fingers plotline goes a lot deeper than you would think. Because obviously there are jokes. Like, oh, actually, they're Hot Dog Fingers. There's also this funny little bit where you see, like, a hot dog fingered, like, ape murder, like, the human fingered <laughs> apes. And we see how Hot Dog Fingers kind of won evolutionarily. But then there's this, like, really sweet moment that, like, almost brings a tear to your eye when you say, like... There's beauty in every universe. And in the hot dog finger universe, everyone got, like, really, to be really dexterous with their feet. And you see them, like, playing piano with their feet and, like, one woman, like, tenderly wiping the tears off another woman's face with her feet. Oh, I didn't notice the, that part. I noticed the, the playing the piano with the feet. Yeah, oh. so I, the way this movie marries, like, humor with, you know, that, like, emotion, like, like, heavier emotional gut punch, unparalleled. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and, and, yeah, and to, also, another cinematic reference that I really liked was, uh, they do a little bit of, like, one car why? I was bit. totally thinking of that, yeah. Yeah, where they're, like, he's... The husband's in a suit and the the wife and they're talking like out by this alley and there's this like kind of weird slow motion uh, sort of wavy like style. Yeah, that was out of Wong Kar Wai and I really <laughs> like that they threw that in there too is this, you know, very more sensual noirish uh, little se segue. Um, 
that's when the husband gets to be really like debonair and dashing and like old school matinee idol. Yeah. yeah. And that's a cool thing too. It's like, he's not, you know, yeah, he gets to be, you know, attractive too. It's not just all about like, you know, the, the women, like he gets to have a moment it's there. It's about time that men were able to take center stage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When are they going to think about the men? I'll put your name right underneath that quote. <laughs> That's the part that goes on the box cover. Yes. Um, but yeah, it, it's it's interesting that like the, the way the movie's structured, you get like about ten or fifteen minutes in a chapter head a chapter heading that just says everything. Yeah. And then you know, like, oh, okay, so at some point we're gonna get everywhere. And it's not for, like, another, like, hour and, like, 20 minutes. It's, like, a while. It's almost like Batman v Superman with its title, except this one has different <laughs> <laughs> This movie didn't forget about its chapter titles. No, no, it did not. And then, but, but now when I look back on it, like, that, where that chapter break happens... Even like there's still a lot of funny stuff in the second half of the movie. Sure, but it the actually whole rock plot line. Well, the the rock plot, but it gets a little bit more like emotion, like heartfelt, and like you really there's this one like there's a like a little five minute section about as you said, Corey, that it's dealing with this marriage and how you know hard it is to keep that connection together and like what it means that. You know, the, another little spoil that the husband wants to get a divorce, and you know, Evelyn is like, you know, it's it's so mind-boggling for her, and how you know it, what's going to happen with that? Are, you well, know, they're going to stay together. The reason she can't see it is because of the reason for everything else. She can't see anything outside of her, her immediate sphere. She's yeah. so limited in her vision, where it's just like she's trapped in a universe within her universe. Yeah, and through the throughout the throughout the film she's constantly learning to expand her horizons yeah you know not it, just in terms of understanding different outcomes but just like the the fact that she doesn't recognize like the problems with her relationship with her husband or with her father and with her it, with her daughter she has problems with every everybody in this it, it, it makes me realize that that you know what what separates this from like the matrix is where the matrix is this kind of like you know, is Neo the one, you know, and the kind of like also the Lego movie, you know, like this one plot, you know, this kind of framework. This is more about like self-actualization, but more like in a deeper like way of like, I'm, I'm not going to be like the one that will save humanity. I'm just going to be the one that can be like a better person. Right. Which is, like, the hardest thing for everyone to deal with in, in life. And for Michelle Yeoh's character, it's just, like, uh... Oh, shoot, I forgot what I was going to say. Um, Keep going. But, Keep but going. no, but it's... It, oh, wait, I got it. Okay. okay. <laughs> like, for Michelle Yeoh's character, it's, like, you learn why she is the one. Mm. In The Matrix, why is Neo the one? We're not quite sure. He just is. Yeah. And so that's fine. It's... Because you know, he's it, Keanu Reeves. Yeah. Um... <laughs> In in Lego movie, it's like why is Emmett the the special? Is like well, he's not. It's just you can you can convince people to do almost anything if you tell them that there's something special about them. In this one, it's just like she is the one because she is the worst. Yeah, which is a great paradox where oh. it's just like you have failed in everything that you have tried. 
Therefore, you have the most potential to learn anything that you want. Yeah, yeah, she's even, yeah, she's told that at one point. And, and it's she, a great moment. She's told this by the man who is probably married to the best version of her. <laughs> Yeah, and but I that but that's something that rings like so true to me, just like as yes, a person. we're the worst. <laughs> well, also, it's kind of fitting. The best version of Evelyn is dead, and he's been dead for presumably a long time before yeah the movie even starts. Yeah, but like if you are someone who's the quote unquote worst version of yourself. You know, you can only go up from there. Yeah, more or less. <laughs> <laughs> Which also then makes me like the worst person in the world. The mediocrities on this podcast really like caught <laughs> the message like that. And then there's that scene afterwards where she becomes movie star Michelle Yeoh and then comes back to tell Waymond, her, her husband, that reality that her life was so much better if she hadn't run off with him. is such like a gut punch. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh. I kind of chalk it up to the fact that she's so stunned by it, where it's like she's not necessarily thinking, I want to hurt you, but she's all, but she just kind of wants to say, it's like, oh man, I was in this world where everything was great and I wasn't married to you. Isn't it great? And it's like, no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I loved the kind of sub-variant of her kung fu background where she becomes like a pinky kung fu master yes. specifically. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so not only does she learn kung fu, but there's also like a branch of that where her pinkies just develop like biceps. The, yeah, biceps <laughs> on her pinkies and she can slay people just with her pinkies. Which by the way is not possible because there are no muscles in your fingers. There are for Michelle Yeoh. Yeah, I guess so. She's just that powerful. It's a different universe. I'm willing to allow that. <laughs> yeah. But uh, but what else I want to say though too is like, and also too again it it's you don't I almost didn't expect how emotional I would get watching like how these like the the stuff with her and her husband and then also her her daughter were coming together like it seemed like a very like this big extravaganza of you know all this comedy and action. Let's talk about and, the daughter a little bit. I yeah. think because you've just touched on something very important. Yeah. Like, for those of you who don't know and who are are listening to this because you want to know things without watching movies, <laughs> the daughter is the villain of the film. Yeah. She she is constantly aware of her, of every incarnation of herself in the infinite multiverse. Yeah. And, and there's even, and she has this, uh, she's created also this element, I believe, hopefully I'm not getting this part wrong, uh, with... What's described and shown as an everything bagel. Yeah. Which is literally an everything bagel. That yeah. It becomes like a black hole. Yeah. Yeah. And she's, you know, it, it, it's a, you know, in, in both, in both as, you know, the plot itself, but also as a representation of what's going on between, you know, with, with Joy. You know, she's been just feels, has been completely dejected by her mother and completely disrespected in her, you know, romantic life. And this is manifested in her going, like, what's the, is the phrase in the Dragon Ball Z, like, full, uh... Super Saiyan. Super Saiyan, yeah. I feel like she's kind of on full Super Saiyan in, well, like... Well, no, she's just, like, the other version of her is, just, like, in another universe is just a super powerful being that can move through any dimension. Yeah, and she wears like extravagant colorful costumes with loads of makeup and 
you know, and is... Uh... Right, but the really important thing about her is that you understand her motivations are not simply to kill the one yeah. version of her mother. No, it's she, that yeah, she, she says she recognizes, doesn't want to do that. She comes to a very natural conclusion where if in an infinite universe where anything is possible and every outcome is just, you know, is accessible to you, then she comes to believe that nothing matters. She she basically just goes for nihilism. Yeah. Which is, you know, it, it's a very tempting uh, conclusion to get, where it's just like, well, what difference do my choices make if there's a universe for this choice and there's a universe for that choice? Every choice is viable. So once you experience all, all that all at once, and, you know, you just walk through things and you're constantly aware of that fact, it's like, well... What's the point of everything? Yeah, her villain arc makes sense. That basically she was... Because um, basically the kind of people in this in these multiverses, some of them cultivate the ability to jump from universe to universe. And we get the impression, or at least I did, that the ability to jump is not something everyone possesses. Well, you, have, you need a certain training. To yeah, do. you need training, it's a gift, and basically, the, uh, like, the great villain, Joy, she's overstimulated by her, like, over-aggressive mother who wants her to be, like, the best jumper ever, and that's how she becomes this nihilist that you mentioned and you just nailed why her arc makes such perfect sense that of course you would develop if you are all powerful and yet you simultaneously realize none of your actions have any consequences on a macro level yeah there's mm, no other yeah. way for you to be yeah the jobu tabaki wears like the most gorgeous insane outfits like yeah wonderful yeah she yeah she looks like uh you know like uh one of those hunger games uh capital characters but turned up like a thousand i um, so love that they didn't just have her like wearing black or whatever yes. to signify no she's very she wears very colorful costumes and and like the first and like i love her also her introduction to into in this multiverse thing where she first comes comes in and how she interacts first with these uh cops in like this one hallway like this is like a such a great scene because you the way that she interacts is like are you you know what's the what's the line she says something to the effect of like you like know, can I can't can, I, can I, you're saying I can't be here or am I not allowed to be here you know and you know, she's like, I'm in this physical space. And you see, like, a shot where she gets, like, on top of, like, just, like, this cop's shoe. And then, like, how she dispatches them is just, like, oh, okay. So there are, like, no rules here <laughs> into what she can do. And that's what's also, like, very thrilling and scary. And, you know, because you know how much she can do, you know, what, what does this mean also for Evelyn? Right. I too would enjoy killing people by turning them into like confetti bombs. Yeah. Yeah. And uh oh, well you were uh, gonna say something. I was just gonna say that like I really also like the fact that she's got the infinity of the everything bagel of like a black hole, so it's like a black circle that's repeated like through the movie, like with the, 
the debt receipt with the circled and stapled to people's sure. heads. But then the symbol that um, Evelyn gets is the googly eye, which is the inversion of a black circle because it's hmm. got the, the black in the center and yeah. it's like a sign uh, of love from her husband. Interesting. And, wow, I, I didn't get I, that at I all. I think about that. That is so smart. You just blew my mind with that. I mean, I could get that like the, the black circle is like, again, a black hole. But I was wondering about the eye. Like, I associated that with something like uh, like an Indian symbolism. Yeah, yeah that, that's and I guess that's it's what... All, it's all of those things. Okay. Because I, I forget that, like, that's what that means when, you know, you have that dot. And... But yeah, I didn't think of it, that the googly eyes, the inversion of the... E that's very smart. Yeah. They should put you on a podcast to talk about movies. <laughs> <laughs> As some kind of guest star. Um, but in all, and then ultimately where it's just how, sometimes it can be so hard just for, you know, filmmakers to wrap things up and find a good conclusion. And where this ends up with Evelyn, I was just like, oh, you know, it's like my heart kind of just almost burst when you finally see her realize like, no, my, my purpose isn't to like kick everyone's ass. My purpose is to like. I need to be there to, you know, because she goes up one by one with these people who are, you know, ready to, like... Trying to stop her. Yeah, to stop her because Joy uh, slash... Uh, James Hong. Yeah. You know, they're trying to... Uh, yeah. Yeah, and she has, like, this incredible sequence where she's... Not only she, she you know, reckons... She does... She has the talk with James Hong. And she's going up these stairs and interacting with all these people. Some of them who we only saw briefly, like the old guy in the laundromat, which is a great touch, and then ha her final interactions with... Wait a minute. Let's not forget the part where she uses spanking to save the day. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, that was that was wonderful, too, because it's like, I, I'm seeing what All you're... of it was set up. Every I, single thing was set up. With the spanking part, too? Yes. Yes. yes, because she was... Remember when we saw her as the cleaning lady for the dungeon? Oh, shoot. Wow. See? It's there's coming a, back There's just so much in this movie. That's yeah. why, again, I gotta see this again. It's a dense film. Jack, did you think at all about... I'm asking Jack this specifically because I know you two haven't seen the movie okay. I'm about to reference. Were you thinking at all of Pig... Because huh. her whole dynamic of turning her, like, kung fu into basically, I'm gonna love you out of fighting, <laughs> is kind of like the journey Nicolas Cage takes, where you think you're gearing up to this big showdown, and the big showdown is he cooks the guy a beautiful meal and, like, connects with him on an emotional level. No, I didn't immediately, but, like, but you're... But that is very that's very astute. Yeah, no, I, I, well, I think totally that's, can I think that's kind of a, a sign of quality of a good film where it's like not every film has to solve its conflict through conflict. Yeah, <laughs> violence in a very clever film you can you can violence will get you to the climax, but you have to use some sort of you have to use your emotions and your character to change. To convince people and get them to do and get them to see things your way, well, instead of just punch, punching them to death. Well, but it also work, but it works with her too because again, she's spent a lot of the movie just kind of not, you know, or as we talked about before, like 
in the setup in the movie, she's just, you know, so frazzled about everything in her life just not going, going wrong. Everything in her life's going wrong. And she's taking it out on everyone when, you know, just sitting down having more of a heart-to-heart conversation could probably solve some of her problems. Well, sure, but she had to learn that. Yeah, no, no, exactly. But by the she time had she to does, learn how her actions hurt the people around her. She had to understand what she needed to do, and then she had to just do it. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, that meant just learning a whole bunch of stuff, sometimes violently. Yeah. You know who we haven't talked about yet? Mm. Jamie Lee Curtis. How, how did we forget about her? She's she's incredible. She's wow in this movie, too. Yeah, uh, an incredible supporting role. Yeah. Yeah, an incredible supporting role... I didn't expect all the stuff later in the movie where she and Michelle Yeoh are just, like, having fun in that apartment. Hot dog-fingered people. Yeah, and, like, you know... They have a love that dare not speak its name in the hot dog finger world, where I got the impression that, like, Jamie Lee Curtis, like, Deidre is her name in the movie, she is super into Evelyn, but Evelyn is, you know, kind of reserved. She had a line to Jamie Lee Curtis that I thought was so good, where, like... You know, because she she kind of says to her like, "You think that you're not, you know, love lovable? There's something to love about, you know, anyone, even hot dog finger." I thought that was like, I, I, that's such a touching line. Yeah, I teared up at that because it's the movie showing grace to a character who's been presented as kind of grotesque throughout the entire movie. (laughs) Literally, like, uh, like a, a basically like a wrestler at one point. You know, body slamming or breaking people's back. But, you know, you, you see her and it's just like she's got this brace on her on her wrist. She walks like she has incredible lower back pain. It, it's 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 the movie does a lot like like again with Pig. It's like how like can you do you can do like this big like sometimes really juvenile like ridiculous comic spectacle, but also be about empathy. Yeah. Yeah. I love that moment too, where you, sorry, you go. Yeah, ahead. where Evelyn was saying like, "Yes, of course, there's something lovable about you too." Yeah, so good. And Jamie Lee Curtis is also yeah, like she she's very funny in in a lot of beats, and you know, especially when you first meet her. Um, Since <laughs> Halloween Kills was the worst movie I saw in 2021, <laughs> seeing Jamie Lee Curtis in this was like a drink of water in the desert because. Neither of you saw Halloween Kills, right? No. Worst movie of 2021. Horrible, horrible, horrible film. And Jamie Lee Curtis was so misused in that film that I was almost like cringing in embarrassment for her when I was watching it. I mean, she still got paid millions of dollars to be in this bad movie, so... But it was after the stench of Halloween Kills... It was so nice to see her really delve into a meaty part and knock it, knock it, it out. Of the and, and, and well, in this too, it's like it's easy for this kind of part to almost come off as quirky or like become a little affected. But she doesn't make it feel like that either. You know, like you know, you know, IRS auditor with like big wig and like frumpy clothes. But you know, she feels very lived in. She's. You know, she she kicks people's asses. Yeah, she gets that, but then she also again gets to play piano with her toes. Yeah, um, so it's a, it's a lovely part. Yeah, you said it best earlier, Andrew, and you said one thing this movie masters is it's not a short movie, 
yet it's so ambitious it has to be a master of economical storytelling yeah. because you have to tell a completely satisfying multiverse story in probably like a 10 minute chunk. Yeah. And I, you have to understand yeah. what's going on like from the like f from the first act onward otherwise it's just like you're just going to be lost. Yeah. And you know you don't once they explain everything it's just like you've kind of got everything that you need and so you don't need to dump a whole bunch of stuff. Like you can concentrate on what's happening and what's what's developing in the plot and the characters too. You know, it, it does that so well. Yeah. You know, and I, I, you know, I have to applaud it for just having really good, a really good plot and really good writing. Yeah, and a couple other little side, small things too. I haven't mentioned yet. Really great use of uh, the 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 track uh, Claire de Lune. Yes, that that piece of music, and then uh, the score in general is uh, very big, but like also kind of intimate at points. Sure, the sheer joy of that raccoon subplot. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't, yeah, we haven't even talked about that. That like talking about movie references, they directly reference a movie, but they manage to like make it its own thing through like a misunderstanding of yeah. you know the of ratatouille exactly yeah, and Pixar. jenny slate is gogo yubari but with a dog instead of a morning <laughs> <laughs> yeah we didn't even talk about her like i yeah but, best uh, jokes about butt plugs in the history of cinema <laughs> use of digital censorship bars <laughs> <laughs> Really, everything about this movie is a joy. I agree with Matt, where like I realize it's only the first week of April, but I'm already like, how is a movie going to top this in 2022? Best picture of 2023. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's... We might have already peaked. Yeah, I mean, when Doctor but... Strange and Multiverse and Madness comes around, it's going to be like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, it's it's uh, that was my thought going Sam into Sam Raimi. What a hack! <laughs> yeah, Sam Raimi, show us what you got. You know, you better put up or shut up. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure we'll come back to talk about that. I guess, I guess Sam Raimi, we know you listen to the show. Tell us how you're gonna top this. Yeah, tell us what you're gonna do with we that. We'll be looking for your comment. Tell us how you're gonna work that Oldsmobile into your multiverse. You can't keep you using go. Bruce Campbell as a crutch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I guess, yeah, to wrap, I guess we can wrap it up. Like, I I highly recommend this movie, in particular for you know, those of you who just feel like you know, there's nothing that you don't really get movies in theaters that supply you with so much visual delight and you know just you know incredible you know performing and you know color and sound and movement you know just all the tools of of film are there up on the screen and you know it's it's nice to get that and it's not a like a, an ip you know, it's not based on anything except what's coming out of Daniel's brains, plural. These are two uh, co-directors. <laughs> um, Daniel 1 and Daniel 2. Yes, <laughs> in Dr. Seuss fashion. Um, so yeah, go go see this. Go see this and support, you know, a real, you know, uh, a real mind bender. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, Corey, I guess you kind of said it all. This is cinema. <laughs> Ha, 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 ha.
Thank you, Martin Scorsese. Yes. Go see this instead of Morbius, please. <laughs> well, yeah, you can see both, but definitely see this one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, three quarters of us didn't see Morbius. So three quarters <laughs> of us made the I'm right the choice. only one who saw Morbius as of this recording, and I can just tell you, uh, skip. <laughs> All right. All right, guys. So thank you all for listening tonight. If you have thoughts, oh, and Matt, where can you be found? Oh yeah, I've got a WordPress app, WordPress blog, ah. mattthecatania.wordpress.com, where I will probably be having some sort of review of this that basically says the same thing but in text instead of vocals. If, yes, and go check out Matt's blog in general. He has you know awesome write-ups about uh, all sorts of new shows and pop culture and you know, action figure stuff he's working on. And uh, you can find us at uh, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your listening. Uh, please leave us a review. We love getting your reviews, like the one we read uh, pretty recently from Money Steve. Uh, if you go back to one of our previous episodes, you'll hear that. Uh, Thanks, Money Steve. Thank you, Money Steve. Your Much money. money and Steve's to you. Yes. And... Uh, and probably when we come back next time, I don't know if we'll be back in the multiverse or we'll be doing something else, but we'll always try to give you good talking content. Until then, I am Jack. I am Trash Panda Quarry. I'm Andrew. I'm Matt. <laughs> Without the guest star? Oh. Yeah, I'm going to live here forever now. Good. <laughs> All right. The Ways of Cinema is... Hugs. Death and... Ah! All right. Good night.